Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week, we are at last talking about Mr. Hitchcock. Um, we're talking about Rear Window, um, but Stephen has a lot to say about the, uh, the big guy himself. Um, Rear Window came out in 1954 and stars Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. And um, I hope you enjoy our conversation. I've seen bickering and family quarrels and mysterious trips at night, knives and saws and ropes. And now since last evening, not a sign of the wife. So we're going to talk about Rear Window. It's a classic. Um, we're going to talk about Rear Window. We're going to talk about Hitchcock. Ask we're me gonna, a question. We're going to talk about Jimmy Stewart. We're going to talk about Grace Kelly. Um, did you rewatch the film? Yes. I did as well. I'd seen it when I was young. I vaguely remembered it. Yeah. It was much better now. Oh, no, actually, I, I, I think I but quite liked it when I was young. But that means that you are much better now. No, I think I liked it. Well, when you're young, you don't really appreciate stuff, do you? But I think it's quite... No, fun. I saw it when I was 17. Yeah, I'm talking much younger than 17. Oh, I see. Mm. And I think, actually, it's quite fun. So I think when you're a kid, you can quite enjoy it because it's kind of pretty to look at. Mm. It's visually lovely mm. and um, it's quite fun. But I feel like this time I really got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as in it's not one that I'm super... Su- there are some that I feel like I've seen a thousand times. Like what? Um, Rebecca. Psycho. Rebecca. Psycho. Um, I think, Rebecca, go on, let's start. What's your favourite Hitchcock film? Right now, well, I think The North by Northwest is the best oh, yeah, directed film I've ever gone on, seen, I've ever seen. I just think it's so brilliant, the direction. When did you last watch it? North it's by Northwest. It's on TV... All the time? Quite a lot. How, so I, how I, regularly do you watch it? I see bits of it quite often. You watch bits of it? And the other night I saw The Man Who Knew Too Much. Do you love that one? No. But <laughs> it was full of... There are sequences that take your breath away. Yeah. Um, and then there are terrible things in it, like the boy whistling. I can't remember it that well again. I thought it's like where Doris Day I sings, years ago. Doris Day case arouse her up. Um... Where do you think Rear Window is on your... Uh, oh, it's very, very It's up high. there. It's, it's up, up there. there, yeah. I think it is completely brilliant. Well, it's brilliantly constructed. It's brilliantly mm. constructed, but it's also... It does a lot of different things, Go which on. I think are clever. I think... And the thing I'm almost... I probably say this about a lot of different films, and it probably says more about me. I find their relationship, the uh, Grace Kelly and James Stewart... Um, do, do we call him Jimmy Stewart or do we call him James Whatever. Stewart? I feel like people go Jimmy Stewart, but I'm like, he's not my friend. I'm not allowed to call him Jimmy. Very respectful. Quite um, right. I think that the relationship between them is completely fascinating and feels very unfilmy and very real. Um, do you it, mean because he's always saying, I don't want to marry her? Yeah, it does. It absolutely, it, it doesn't fit any of the kind of... 
I don't even want to use the word stereotypes because that sounds negative or trope because that sounds negative. But it doesn't, there's like a narrative, there's a few different narratives we're used to seeing a love story in a film do. Mm. And it doesn't do any of those in a way that even if they did it now, I'd be like, oh, that was a really interesting kind of like arc for a relationship, for a Mm. romantic relationship in a film to take. I think that when you hear him talking about her at the beginning, they set, you know, it's very much set up that she's a sort of a bit of a princessy. She's perfect, isn't she? She's perfect, but mm. in a kind of, there's a type of character like that you see in, the, yeah, a sort of yeah. Inner, irritating kind That's of right. He's talking little to princess. Him. And she, she'll be, you know, she just wants to hang out with her rich, fancy friends. And she's a bit like prissy. She won't come around with me taking photos in the, in the That's jungle. Right. He says all this to Thelma Ritter, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and so you absolutely are like, I know what type of girl that is. Yeah, they're really annoying. Of course you shouldn't marry a girl like that. And then when you meet her, it's, it's, and then there's also the opposite where it's, there's the kind of slightly cliched thing where you're like, but then she proves him wrong, which is what happens, but it, it's done in a much more subtle yes. way. Yes. So yes. you meet her, not only is she, I don't think I've seen Grace Kelly in a film before. Haven't you seen... I haven't seen High Society. High Society. And she's not in a great many films because she went off and became a princess. Yes. So I actually was like, I don't think I've ever... I know, I obviously know who this no. woman is. I know that she's a prin- became a princess. I am very familiar with the concept of Grace Kelly. I've never actually watched her act and I've never really watched her face like that. My God, she is the most beautiful person yes. that has ever... No, she was very, very beautiful. She was um, the daughter of a builder from... Somewhere in the Midwest, not Chicago, but somewhere in the Midwest. Oh, so she's not fancy. I would have assumed. Well, no, she, the builder would have been the builder. The builder was a, a millionaire, wildly successful um, builder. And she made another film with Hitchcock, uh, To Catch a Thief. Yeah, she's in To Catch a Thief, but th- th- she she definitely has an era, uh, an aura of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Before Gwyneth, that sounds like I'm being negative. I like Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow can't have been born when this film no, was no, made. No, 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 but she, they both have that, like, royalty. waspy, yes. slightly waspy yes. royalty, no, no, no. Little Miss Perf- a bit Little Miss Perfect. Yes. Again, which is why when I just, I you then start to really like this character and she turns out to be kind of brilliant, um... It, it feels unexpected. So not only is she so visually extraordinary and gorgeous, no. and her outfits, yes. again, that sounds like a sort of silly vacuum Who did it? Edith, Edith Head, wasn't it? I'm actually Edith not, Head. not 100% sure. What, uh, Edith Head designed her costumes. Yeah, and they are... I because the whole thing is so visually... And we'll come on to that in a minute, but it is so gorgeous, this yes. film. Yes. And her... There's one point where she's wearing a like, green... A sort of green uh, suit, little suit jacket and a skirt, a kind of matching green outfit. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Yes. Um, And then she become, obviously she then, you kind of figure out she's kind of brilliant. And she is figuring things out in the mystery. Yes, she's always, she's not not ahead of him, but on a sort of parallel track. Yeah, Yeah. and he figures out one thing and then she figures out the other part of that. And you go, oh, she's kind of brilliant. She's a, but she is still princessy and little maternity. Absolutely. Um, And she really likes him. You don't feel like. No, not at all. She genuinely is, is, is really besotted with this man. Um, And then she really does 
prove herself. You know, when she well, she's a good sport, climbs out the window. Yeah, she's, she's very a, good at climbing up ladders. Very yes. good sport. So she absolutely proves all of his theories about her wrong that she yes. wouldn't be able to kind of roll her roll her sleeves up. Yes. Um, and then obviously in the end they get together, but then. Is it the final shot? She's pretending to read. She's um, pretending to read some travel book, but secretly but she's reading, she's reading she's a fashion reading a magazine. New York fashion magazine, and that yeah. it was the thing where it's like because I think the obvious thing would have been like, oh, and then she turned out actually to be a jungle explorer. No, no, no. But she's it's witty. like she's witty no, and yeah, that. it's really funny mm-hmm. and yeah. it's really clever. And I yes. just thought he was really proved wrong about her. But not in a kind of obvious, no, 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 cliche way. In a way that was very unexpected and yes. felt very well real. All of this just says that Hitchcock was very, very clever. That, really clever. Hmm. So it's based on a short story, and that character didn't exist in the short story. She didn't exist. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's a by a man called Cornell Woolrich. Hold on, I wrote it down. Uh, Cornell Woolrich. Um, it's a short story, yeah. It's a short story. In the short story, firstly, you don't find out that he's in a... I should have read... I actually quite want to read the short story. I should have read the short story before we did this. You don't find out that he's in a cast until the end of the story. Oh, really? So I don't know what you think is going so on. So he's immobile. He's a prisoner in this apartment. Yeah. S- hardly mobile. But you and don't then at the find end, you out discover that he's, that in, he's, a cast. In, a, he's yeah. in a cast. So I don't know what that... Mm does to the way that you read what he's up to um and the the love story wasn't wasn't in it didn't even exist didn't even exist well well somebody done. was very well done alfred <laughs> yeah um no so i i just really and again i feel like normally normally yeah the pr- princess characters don't normally come off well in films you know you know exactly what type she yes, is no, no, no. And you're like, well, oh, she's the kind of girl that, like, you know, she wouldn't go camping. That's a classic, classic sign of a woman that's wrong for the lead yes, character of a film. Absolutely. She doesn't enjoy camping. Um, yes, she's a snob. She's a snob. Yes. Well, um, Hitchcock was very, very clever. Is all I can. Get. I mean, that's all I end up saying. Yeah, and that he, Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart. Um, I feel like he was again. You don't normally. He's so clearly the hero or whatever you want to call it of this film the protagonist um and he well, really no, got the hero the hero <laughs> um well he is the hero but he's also not in a way that hang on we'll do there's a whole other topic that right. i want to talk okay. about that would maybe prove that he wasn't oh, the hero God. i'm already um, a nervous wreck no she's the hero i always oh, think oh she's the hero well i always think that um i always think uh, but I probably am cliched in that I always like follow the woman's narrative. Well, when was this I film made? In the mid fifties. So, feminism. <laughs> Femin- did feminism you, exist? I don't think it existed. But whatever it was, women's struggle would have just been there'd have been faint sounds of it. Yeah. And this was mid fifties. And then, in a sense. Breakfast at Tiffany's was early 60s. So the change was coming. So, in fact, you'd probably find this film was very, very progressive and was years ahead of its time. What, because it gave the woman Because it woman gave the woman, story. said to this woman, yeah. this woman, it said, this woman is much sparkier than you think. Yeah. You think she's a princess. Actually, she's great. She's very clever and a good sport, willing to do, do, anything, willing to do things that men, do, that men can do. She's great. Yeah. No, it just felt... Although, again, no, now when I'm describing it, I'm like, no, maybe I, it, that does feel familiar. But th- there was something about the way it was done that felt very surprising 
and she it felt like she was really given a a kind of narrative arc that that I wasn't expecting. Yes. Um, uh, what year was the apartment? Five years later. Well, Shirley MacLaine plays a sort of victim in the apartment, and although she wins in the end, uh, Grace Kelly in this, there's nothing. Of the yeah, they're about very her. different. Yes, they have very mm. different. Um, yeah, yeah. Things that they're up to. No, mm. she was she was fabulous. I thought she was just. Well, I, you've never seen her before. Goodness me. No, as in I'm obviously very familiar with her as a human being. I had a picture of her up celebrity. on the wall. I get it. She's she's so gorgeous. Yes, no, no, no. I think I had Sophia Loren on the wall and her. Those were the top picks. They were my top picks, yeah. Sophia Loren. I think it's Sophia Loren. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't Maybe bear, I'm I, wrong. I can't bear this Maybe argument I'm already. <laughs> she was very, very good on Desert Island Discs. Who was? Sophia, Sophia Loren. Loren. I listened to that. Oh, she was wonderful. She was, and she adored her son. She was talked a lot about her son, didn't she? She was soft. I met her son, yeah. He was making a film and she was being in it. I think she's, I think, it, I, I think the reason why she was on Dead Island this was to publicise the publicize film that her, the son, film she, made. her son had made. Yeah. Um, which there I was, haven't seen. They were very, it, she was very sweet talking about her son. Mm. I found, mm. I remember finding it really sweet. And I think she picked, yeah, no, she was good. She was good. And she loves pasta. Italian. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really. That's what really, they do. I and at feel the I end, have a lot in common with at the end, she pasta. said, "Bachi, bachi, bachi." I don't remember. Kisses, that part. kisses, kisses. All right, I don't remember that part. But it was a great episode. It was very, very good. Shout out to Desert mm. Island. Mm. To Desert Island Discs. Um, so, I think that it's a. It's obviously so. On the surface, this is a film. It's a kind of fun murder. Murder yeah, yeah, mystery, yeah. Um, but as I just said, I also to me it was a sort of study of a relationship and a love story. Um, it's also very funny. Yeah, it's funny. It has a real wit about it. Has it. wit, yes. Um, in a way that is that works really well. That mm. makes it it sort of again. I think we think the thing about Hitchcock is he makes brilliant films that are also pop, you know popular to the yes. Passes. To the to the layman, Thelma Runter is so witty, and indeed um, so is Wendell Corey. No, it's, yeah. it's it is a treat. Yeah, and it's a real it's a it's a sort of study of voyeurism and the instinct in humans to I didn't actually realize this. So the instinct in humans to watch to watch other people to yeah. to you know snoop. be nosy to yes. snoop yes. and whether that is a bad instinct or a good instinct obviously that's being reductive it is neither um or, or it's both it's both but what i hadn't realized so i then the the word voyeurism officially means enjoyment from seeing the pain or distress of others which i hadn't quite re- you know in a sort of shout schadenfreude yes and i hadn't realized oh i thought it was just more being a snoop but it's actually watching bad stuff happen to other people which we're all guilty a little guilty of getting a pleasure sure out of right mm. that it makes you feel better about your yes. shitty little existence I'm if you find out others might be even shittier even worse right now. um and there's i that thought tragic woman who the tragic miss lonely hearts isn't it there's a woman who i loved miss lonely heart i loved we haven't even got onto the characters in that in that apartment building are so and not, I guess it, not only is it just beautiful to look what, at... The woman who does physical exercise. The woman that does the exercise, the Miss Lonely Hearts. Yeah. Miss Lonely Hearts is adorable. And it's so clever at the end with her then trying to kill herself as Grace Kelly's in the thing, yes. so he calls the yes. police. Yeah. 
Um, I love Miss Lonely Hearts. Um, and the woman with the dog. What the people the woman with, with the, the dog. dog? Yes. And then he kills the dog. Why does he kill the dog? So it's because the dog goes digging. But is there anything there? We never. So is it, we never. They go actually... looking, don't they? Thelma Ritter and Grace Kelly go over there with a the spade. Yeah. But they never find anything. We never find out, other than that we find out he did kill his wife. We never find out the specifics, I'm, unless I'm being wrong. No, I know. No, yeah. I looked carefully to see what it was the dog was digging for. The dog was digging... And the flowers. There's all that stuff where the, the flowers are The flowers have changed, height. so they know yes. he's grown. They know he, someone's they know dug... That the flowers were moved. Were so, somebody moved. Is, so something was buried there. Something was buried the there. the dog inst- I... instinctively knew about. But we never find out what it is. I don't think we do, unless we've both missed that, is that vital... <laughs> Vital is, is that a plot. mistake, Mr. Hitchcock? Is that a mistake, Mr. Hitchcock? What was, bur- what was buried under the flowers? What was buried under the I flowers? I don't know, but we, I'm he gonna, was alive. Well, That's the question I would ask him. Yeah, and maybe I'll, I'll do some uh, research on that and we'll get back to but you. But I looked quite carefully and um, I couldn't work out what it was. Exactly what it was. I mean, unless it was her head or something, his wife's head or something. That he chopped her up. He did oh. chop her up. Well, he had, you got the saw, haven't you? He got the saw. So he chopped her up, but he didn't put her in the suitcase because they then... God, if we go into now the vital details of the plot... Well, he, the suitcases he takes out in the middle of the night, don't he? But presumably they've got bits of her in. Yeah, but then there's the, the bit where the, the detective the comes back and says, no, we've looked in a suitcase. That must have been a fake suitcase. And, and it's got his clothes. It's, oh, it's got the wife's clothes in. Oh, so it's misleading. So he'd got rid of the body. He'd cut the body up. He cut the body up. Mm. Some of it was in the flower bed, for sure. Some of it I was suspect in the, so. Some of it was in the shower. That's the other thing that I liked about it. it. Again, where Grace Kelly, I know what I found particularly unexpected, that she was the one that believed him. I So when no one's believed... She believed um, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, so when Jimmy yeah. Stewart's trying to convince the detective, and yes. I thought it, you would assume that Grace Kelly... Oh, maybe not, maybe I'm being... Well, that's because she was an intuitive woman, wasn't it? Well, a woman wouldn't leave her jewellery. Yeah, well, she believed him when she realised she had evidence. Yeah, yes. she came up with her own evidence, though, yes. I guess. Wouldn't um, leave her handbag. If a woman was going away, she wouldn't leave her yes. handbag. Mm. That was a kind of... Hitchcock had a wife who was very, very attentive to all the... Who'd been a continuity girl called Alma Revel, I think. And she was very, very attentive. And she would say things like... When he was cutting, wouldn't do, a woman when he was wouldn't. cutting the films, she wouldn't wear those clothes. Yeah, I mean, very, very straightforward remarks like that. Which is very Grace Kelly in this film. Well, he got it right, didn't he? But I mean, he had a he had access to a woman who was very attentive to all of those things. And he learned that it was a good idea to always listen. So, to her. Yes, I've had to learn it. Always listen to her. Listen, um, you can't. Say that to me. I spent a lot of time listening to your mother. Well, we'll see. Um, so I think, hold on, we've gone off track now. What was that? Oh, yeah, this thing about that the film is a sort of exploration into the like human desire to to snoop on other people. Well, it got a lot of it got criticised when it came out. Yeah, because that scene is a bad thing. Mm. You're yes, you're no, no, no. promoting this yes. as an activity, which is really interesting because I again at first I was kind of like. I don't think, it w- again, or not if you're wishing misfortune on other people. That's, of course, a horrible instinct. But just to, to I think if... To observe. To observe. I spend, in, um, there's a moment in 
summer when people always have their windows, windows open yeah. no sorry in winter when it gets dark early that they still have four o'clock is too early to shut the blinds they still have the... i love looking into people well, you're a snooper yeah but it's not i'm not I'm just interested in the way they've designed their kitchen. Yes. It's a, in my head, I'm like, that means I'm people, interested in other people. People were always stopping outside Talbot Road and looking at the kitchen. And people stop outside our house in Marib and look in. Talbot Road, sorry, Talbot Road is our family right. home that mm. I grew up in, which has a big glass, a kind of big glass big windows window. at, oh, the big the window at the front of the house. Mm. Bay window, that's the mm. word. Um, and... It's got a lot of stuff in it. It's got a lot of like paintings and odd objects that my, my mother has purchased yes. from Portobello Road. So no, I imagine not from Portobello Road or from wherever, all over, yes. from wherever. Mm. But there's like a lot of, a lot of very, weird very shit yes. in that. No, house. she has very very good taste, so it's full of extremely. This came in. It's full of beautiful objects. Um, but when it is a little bit dark outside and we have got the lights on and not shut the curtains yet, I imagine if I was walking past, I'd be like, what no, the oh, fuck the, is going on The whole that? time there were people looking Yeah, in. and were you offended by that? No, I was That's flattered. what I mean. You're I mean, like... It, ha- it happens in Mar- the house in Maribyrn. In... People, are, people, they love what they're seeing. Yeah, and I can see in the moment, if you're in the middle of, do- if you're in the middle of doing something, shut the bloody curtains. Yes. But um, I, I think... Of course, if I'm walking past someone's house and they've got the windows open and it's the lights mm. are on and I can see, of course yeah. I'm going to look. That, Absolutely, to I don't. Is, yes, it's not. I don't think of it as wicked. No. However, people did. When people the, really. When the, it's curtain snooping, isn't it? Neighbours peeping behind, peeping behind the curtains. Yes. Well, that's a sort of other thing, isn't it? Of social. Hypocrisy. Yeah, that's true. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm. Um, but I think there's that very good moment when he realizes that, that when she puts the ring onto her finger. and she's, Grace Kelly, and she puts and, her hand behind her hand back. Hand behind her back and shows it to James Stewart yeah. the other side of the courtyard. And That's he realizes, so good. He realises that some, she is doing this to someone who is watching. Yeah, no, and you follow, you absolutely... I mean, obviously, so the way it's shot, you're always Jimmy Stewart. You're always looking where he's looking, right? Yes. You absolutely experience yeah. the yeah. whole film yeah. and it makes it claustrophobic and it gives it all of the mm. claustrophobicness... Mm. We haven't even mentioned, actually, that this film, considering we've all just spent two years supposedly locked inside. Yeah, it's literally, it's very, very relevant in today's world because you're like, God, imagine being stuck at home with nothing to do but stare out your window. that's what a lot of people have done for the last two years. Um, And a lot of people have probably been staring. I mean, honestly, I can't see into my neighbours' houses. Thank God for them. Which is quite annoying, actually. I'd probably like it a bit more. Um, if I could see. But yeah, we have just spent two years essentially locked inside our homes doing exactly what Jimmy Stewart was doing. Yes. Um, so the whole thing is shot. You never you never see into his apartment. Uh, uh, you, I think there is one shot. What? When? There is one shot. When? I can't remember when. But I, there think is, I think no, you're wrong. <laughs> there's one shot from the other side of the window. One I, shot. I don't know if I believe you. There is. All right. Is. We'll and, re-watch. And actually, okay, we're going to both rewatch it again. No, I'm Eyes not. peeled if you for. Read the book about the the interviews between Truffaut and Hitchcock. Truffaut talks about it. Well, I can't argue anymore because now you've just top trumped me with your Truffaut. Yes, there's one shot that's objective, and Jimmy Stewart's on the right of frame. I remember that. Anyway. Jimmy Stewart's on the right of frame. Mm. 
They're, in other words, you see all three of them looking out of the window. Ah, oh, you're right. Oh, no, steady on. No, you are <laughs> Can right. Can I have that in writing? Yes, you are right, because I remember seeing that, and that was a moment when I, it's really funny. There's yes. something really funny about it. Yes. Um, and I actually remember, I didn't think, oh, wow, now we... It's not outside the apartment, though, but it is looking at the three of them. Or maybe Well, I don't know if it has the edge of the, the window. The window, yeah. It, it might or it might not, but anyway, it's from that angle. No, I do remember that, and the masseuse oh, is there, and I was like, that's really funny. There's something really funny about this woman. She says something about, like, no, he must have... I bet yeah. he put it in yes. the... And they're sort of sleuthing. Yes. Um, yeah, you anyway, are right. But Hitchcock would have... He would have done that deliberately. Oh, absolutely. I'll go outside once. And... a. Oh, the, he put in the one yes. shot that's from mm. them. Mm. And apparently there was going to be a scene when we saw Jimmy Stewart go into the office. You know, when he has the conversation early on with his boss about how he can't do an article yeah. or there's something like that. And apparently I think they might have even shot it in the office. And then Hitchcock went like, no, let's not. Why are we going out of the apartment? Yes. Let's do the whole thing from the apartment. I never heard that, but if you say so. But um... Well, I'm right. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. You may well be right. Um, uh, and, and then he, they changed it to the phone call. So the, the and guy then he didn't. Um, the man composing the tune that that's never he never completed it. Hitchcock wasn't happy with that. The man Sorry, next door, who, who never? So there's the man, man next writing door is writing, music. which is gorgeous. Yeah. It's so lovely. Yes, uh, and that's it, Hitchcock was very critical of that and said, oh, "Well, I never completed it." So I, he didn't complete the song. Yeah. In Hitchcock, the, yeah. Hitchcock didn't write the song, though. No, no, no. But in the end, all those people, what is going on in all those apartments, Hitchcock, who you can see played with electric trains when he was a child. Yeah. He must have worked it all out. Well, he's doing that, he's doing that, yeah. he's doing that, he's doing that, he's doing that. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So what the... the so in the, other words, and, and a lot of them, it would be, there would be some integration between the central action. Well, first of all, 
Raymond Burr, the murder takes place right opposite Jimmy Stewart. Yes. Is Raymond Burr the Raymond Burr is, is the, murderer. the murderer. So, you know, they didn't muck around and put it to one side. They didn't try to make it believable. Well, why does it happen in this apartment that you yeah. can see everything of? They just got on with it, didn't they? Yeah. Anyway, all these people, all these couples rowing and doing this and doing that, he worked it all out mathematically. Mm-hmm. Very, it's very, and there's a wonderful shot with the girl doing exercises and Grace Kelly coming down the corridor. Yeah. Terrific. But he must have done that. Like, like a, chess, a child. Like a chess set. A child yeah, with a perfect... drawing it. Oh, I see. He's, she's up to there. Uh, I've done sequences like that where you've had to work out the movements of about 10 different people. No, it is. It's, chore- it's like chore- being yeah, a choreographer, absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. And it is done spectacular. It is absolutely it's done. Spectacular. It's-, it's witty and yeah. articulate and somehow relevant. And so you're filling in the lives of all these people mm-hmm. and he's telling the story and he's doing sort of interjections and, no, oh, look, I'll just draw attention to that. It's, it's very, very clever. It's really, really mm. clever. And also v- visually... So it's he's worked all that out, but also I don't know, you know, whether that was him or the set designer. It is also so amazing to look no, he, at I when mean, you the, see all the different rooms and the, the woman dancing and the guy at his piano. Well, the designer would have done it with Hitchcock, but he would have said, "Look, I want to see all so this." Business. He built this huge. Yeah, it was a, all built. It was all built, and indeed, there are famous stories where he <laughs> all the lights went out in Paramount because there was so much light on the set. To do those shots required an enormous amount of light to get the lenses to work. And the whole studio would go black because Hitchcock, Hitchcock would blow the lights because he had so much. Because he was using so many lights. Yes, yes. Um, so it's very, very cleverly worked out. The angles of each one. Where that, and, and in fact, you, Raymond, the corridor, when Raymond Burr leaves his flat and walks down to the end to go down the stairs, it, it's slightly obscured. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's nothing innocent in it. As in, there's nothing accidental? No, he said, well, no, well, let's not put the corridor there. Let's put it three, yeah. two feet it to the left. It hasn't just happened. It so wasn't you don't just see, an accident. You don't see was... him quite as clearly as that. It's very, very clever. I mean, really, really clever film. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm. I, I am, I'm not. <laughs> no, I can see you're at on no my point, side. I'm on your side. Yes. At no point have I, yes. have I, um, yes denied this yes. and this again the thing that Hitchcock own, he only did coverage you know that he had he all shot, the shots planned he, out already so an all. editor yeah he drew it all and then sat around, sat around on the set telling jokes but as in on all of his films he only shot he shot what he needed exactly what he needed so the producers couldn't come in and say well that's it. what there's a wonderful um, memo when he went the, the person who took him to America was David Selznick who'd made God with the yeah and uh, so he took Selznick, uh, Selznick took Hitchcock, and Hitchcock made Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And there's a wonderful, there's a book called Memo from David Selznick, and he says Hitchcock makes these films like spaghetti. He sort of weaves them around, yeah. so you can't cut them. And, um, you know, normally the producer's like, oh, we can, do, we can do this and we can do that. Hitchcock stopped him, like John Ford stopped. John Ford would put his hand in front of the camera and say, you can't use that bit. You can only use the shots I give you. And uh, that's what those guys learned, how to, how to defeat the studio. If you're a brilliant genius human, that's fabulous. But I feel like a lot of people have then tried to use this school of thought 
And if you're bad at it, then it's just a disaster because you're only listening to your own ideas well, uh, uh, and yes, they're Then the whole ga- that's the whole game, isn't it? Uh, Am I talking? Is what I'm saying sensible, or is it a terrible idea? But for he, Hitchcock, it clearly. I mean, well, he he'd drawn he, it, so he knew everything. He he worked it out on paper. I don't. I don't think anybody else has ever been able that. to do what yeah. Hitchcock did. I don't think Scorsese can do that. Why do you think? Do you think Hitchcock was just born a genius? That's how he and, told stories. Yeah, you know, it's just. I mean, presumably, it's in its own way. It's a knack. That's what he could do. Nobody else has ever been able to do it. You know, you storyboard bits of a film, but he did the whole bloody thing in advance. Drew it. Yeah. Put it on. You know, there would sit beside the set. Well, what's the shot? That, and he would point at the, at the drawing he'd done, and he got it right. I mean, that's why he no said... one, no one else really does it like that. Well, Scorsese storyboards a lot, but then he improvises. You think, well, which, which are you doing? You can't improvise yeah. if you're doing a storyboard. Um, so I, I don't know anyone who does what... Who does it like that. Yeah, most people, you know, Billy yeah. Wilder worked it out as he went along. He had a clever brain, so he... No, and I can see. So I think Hitchcock is clearly completely brilliant. Yes. But if you described those versions of how to make a film to me without using Hitchcock as an example, I'd be like, well, of course you need to be open to, like, on the day the actor suddenly does something amazing and you go, oh, that's better than what I had on my storyboard. Well, I'm sure... Of course I'm you sure should be. Happened. Yeah. That happened, but um, he 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 was clearly formidable, and he'd thought it through. I remember some. The only time I ever met Paul Newman, I asked him about that, because he, Paul Newman made this remark about, "Oh, Hitchcock treats his actors like cattle," but of course he wasn't like that. But Hitchcock, somewhere, says, "Well, if it was a method actor, I couldn't do it because my film, in the end, depended on James Stewart in this case." Doing, doing what exactly I'd worked what out I told for him. Them. Yeah. yeah. So if he wants to do something else, I don't know, I don't, the whole thing would collapse. Yeah. But so I, it is a particularly rigid way of working, and nobody else really, well, nobody did it as brilliantly as his. I mean, they all made rigid films, and the studio was very authoritarian. But um, he was at, he, he knew that if, if, if an actor started to improvise, what he'd planned... And generally speaking, what he planned was clever. Mm-hmm. So you took him on at your peril because you were arguing with a very, very clever man. I mean, the same with Wilder. You argued with a clever man. No, for sure. Mm. The only th- yeah. So if you can sit at home by yourself and imagine an ex- yeah. um, a, a brilliant, masterful, but that's like, what he did. Spaghetti of a film. Then that's fantastic and he, he, he but he was a freak for being able to do well, that he could, he, there wasn't argument because what he'd done was so clever yes but generally no. i'm just saying generally i would think that if someone came and again i guess because his films were thrillers of course with the thriller and things that are really tightly plotted yeah, so they have a sort of slightly mechanical quality yeah. you could say they're mechanical yeah yeah if you monkey around with it you'll get into trouble you're gonna get into trouble and that's, I mean, I guess the same with any type of writing or like creating a story, you know, with a book or anything. There are types of books that you should plot out the entire thing in advance yes. mm. and stick to the plot, yeah. you know, second well, by devi- second. Well, only deviate if you've thought it through. Yeah, and Don't it's make, not going to unpick yeah, the whole absolutely. story later. Whereas there are some things where you're like, oh, well, let's just see what happens. And that act is a bit like that. So they might yes, do something that's absolutely. better and funnier. Absolutely. Um, mm. But I guess with his type of films, 
And also clearly, no, it's almost I'm. He was clearly a freak sort of prodigy yes. genius. And he person. worked with he worked with them. The kind of act, actors out of the theatre who were much more disciplined. I mean, Paul Newman is the only modern actor he really Yeah, they with. weren't going to be like, Cary well, Grant. hold on, my character wouldn't do yes, this, absolutely. man. There's none of that nonsense. <laughs> Cary Grant wouldn't have done that. He did what he was, he did what, what he was told or what he could see. Was, was good, yeah, but I think if I were an actor, I would less, I would rather work with the person that was going to let me impro. Well, it depends. I got ideas too, it man. It depends, it depends. You might... Well, think... you'd want to be in a Hitchcock film because it would probably be really good. Yes, but then the deal is that you Do give up your autonomy. Um, uh, no, I can see an argument for both sides. Yes. There's no law. No, of course there's no law. Oh, um, but you were, you were speaking about what he did with such admiration. Well, he, well, because he pulls it off. He pulls it off, exactly. If you, if you can if pull you, it off. If you can pull it off, you're okay. But then he, you're okay. And he, he could. Um, uh, and some of those guys could. You know, those old Hollywood directors, that's what they could do. And they were clever. You know, Ford was very clever. You'd take, yeah, of course. If you'd taken him on. I'm not saying anyone's not clever. No, there are plenty of directors aren't clever, but those top those guys, ones, those you took ones. them on at your peril. It was, it was nominated for four Oscars. It won no Oscars. Shocking. Travesty. Uh, it was nominated for Best Director. Who won that year? Do you know what? I was going to be like, nobody, that's outrageous that he didn't win. But when I saw who won, Elia, I can't pronounce his name, Elia Kazan. Ilya Kazan for Ilya what? Kazan for On the Waterfront. I love On the Waterfront. Do you love it? Yeah, I mean, I've just been there all my life. Yeah, I mm. absolutely very, yeah. love that Hitchcock film. Hitchcock hated it. Well, that kind of makes sense. Mm. Um, and also because he lost his Best Director Oscar to him. Um, so then I was like, oh, it was the On the Water... On the, bleh, it was the On the Waterfront year. Uh, so fair enough. Uh, best adapted screenplay. It lost to The Country Girl. Did The Country Girl have Grace Kelly in? Yeah. She was in both films. Yes. Big year. I don't know, I don't year know who Grace. wrote The Country Girl. I haven't seen it. Which is a play. Have you seen it? No. You've never seen it? No. Um, it lost, but it was nominated for Best Cinematography, but lost to On the Waterfront. And it was nominated for Best Sound and lost to The Glenn Miller Story. What's that? Um, it was a, oh, about a band leader. So the sound in this film was, what's the word? Dire, the word where the, the sound all comes from <clears throat> things that are happening in the story. I don't know what the word is. There's a word for it, like diagenetic or something like that. Yeah, um, the sound is very noticeable. The track is very, very good. That, the track is really good, but I mean, also... now you say it, the Glenn Miller story was just a story about a band lead and it would have been very oh, conventional. Right. And it um, would have had lots of music in it. <laughs> A lot of Glenn Miller's music in it. And then at the end, he dies in a plane crash. Yeah, but um, the sound in this... But this sound is much more brilliant and much more interesting. It's brilliant. And it also, the thing that, I, you know, that it's all from um, Jimmy Stewart's yeah. perspective. Well, he hears, yeah. The fact that the sound is all coming from the real characters, it yeah. all kind of adds yeah. to that, like, yeah. oh my God, we're no, it is. suffocating... It's... I hadn't realised until the other night how brilliant the sound is. The sound is. is. Mm. And the guy playing the piano and the Miss Lonely and the Miss Lonely Hearts and they end up No. No, he plays she's about to commit suicide, she hears his music. And she hears his music and then she's and then she stops. But then does they not have do they not meet at one point? I don't think so. I thought oh then they 
man she said i've literally imagined an entire another storyline no they meet and she says oh you rescued me with your i don't um... think so i think jimmy stewart might say that of her okay um uh, and miss torso so obviously the miss torso is you could easily because that's what the story in other words he could have put that line into her mouth into Miss Lonely Heart's mouth to tell that story, and it might have been on one of those montages of sound that Hitchcock did. Sorry, what do you mean? Well, it has these explosions of sound, doesn't it? It's all these tracks of all these people. And he could easily have put a line in there. Um, I was going to kill myself, but then I heard whatever it is. It would have easily gone in there and given... All you want to do is say to the audience... She didn't kill herself because, because she heard, she heard his yes. beautiful piano. And music. I can't. It's certainly said in the film, and maybe it's Jimmy Stewart, or maybe it's on the soundtrack. Yeah, that's weird because I, I, in my head, it was there, but we never hear them speak, obviously, do we? No, because it's always observed. It's always observed. Um, all right. Do we have anything else to say about this film? No, except it's very, very good. It's genuinely scary at the end. I felt genuinely scared. When the guy comes into the apartment... Well, there's all that extraordinary stuff with the flashbulbs, isn't there? Yeah, it's really good. Marnie. What does that mean? There's a film called Marnie with Sean Connery that, that Hitchcock made, which had those sort of sequences in. When it would suddenly... Well, it would... It suddenly becomes abstract, doesn't it? And yeah. And the colour changes. And Hitchcock became interested in that. Okay. Um, all right. I think we've um, we've spoken about everything. Phew. Um, overall, we really like this movie. If anyone hasn't seen this film, you probably just found that conversation really boring. Um, no, go and see it. And go no, go and go and watch it. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, like I say, it feels particularly relevant. What in a the, post-pandemic are, world. What are the best films that Hitchcock made? North by Northwest, this. Vertigo. You don't I, like Vertigo. I'm much more ambivalent. I don't really understand. I'm not clever enough to That's understand interesting. it. interesting. Um, but I know people do think it's... I love Vertigo. And Psycho is the most famous, am I? Well, That's Psycho... <coughs> Psycho was a huge success. Yeah, commercially. I mean, Hitchcock's films didn't make a lot of money. I mean, they, they were fine and enabled him to go on working. But Psycho made a lot of money and it was, it was his money because nobody would make the film. So he earned, suddenly earned a lot of money and when he makes The Birds, which he did after North by Northwest, he wanted to redo... Psycho. You could see he wanted to make Psycho a second time, make a lot of money. Uh, you don't... I mean, The Birds isn't considered wonderful. Well, The Birds is technically so brilliant and then it slightly collapses towards the end. Doesn't I, it? as a child... Ooh, terrifying. Found it terrifying. And also, mm. weirdly, I think that might be the film I've seen, the Hitchcock film I've seen the most. I think well, I watched very, that a lot. I'm going back and mm. forth a lot. It's very, I mean, it's, again, he's so clever, but it's not such a good, it's not as good a story. I mean, Rebecca is a much better story. Um, I love Rebecca. Yes. Because I love the book of Rebecca. He I, makes a really good film of it. I started reading the book. I hadn't realised it was all so subjective. So, sorry, just to... For the context of our audience, I realised the other day that you hadn't read Rebecca, so I said, you're a monster, you need to read Rebecca, it's my favourite book. Why am I a monster? Because why have you never read Rebecca? That's monstrous behaviour. And so you bought Rebecca and started reading it, and your feedback to me is, I hadn't realised it was so subjective. What does that mean? 
Well, it's all... It's written in the first person. It's written in the first person. Yeah. I hadn't realised that. <laughs> so, Much more than the film. Well, it's not more. It's not more written in the first person. Well, it is written in the first person. I couldn't... Because I know the film quite well, and I've only just started yeah. reading the book, I, wouldn't, I didn't know that the story was written in the first person. Yeah, but I obviously, any time... I wouldn't learn that from... I wouldn't learn that from the film. I don't know that... Oh, well, I guess if you see it all from the character's perspective. I was going to say, I don't think that any film made from a book, you could tell whether that book was or wasn't written in the first person. But that w- that is probably wrong, because as we've just said with Rear Window, obviously you can make a film or yeah. whatever from entirely one character's POV. Yes. And that would lend itself to being well, from it the first person. Well, it is from one character's point of view, but it's not shot obsessively. I mean, every now and then there are obsessive shots, but a lot of it is just quite straightforward. No, sorry, are we talking about Rebecca now? No, real window. Yeah, exactly. But if you said, oh, the short story was written in the first person, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, whereas you're saying Rebecca... Well, Rebecca is so strongly... In, I mean, it's all about time no, but you're saying password. strongly there's no strongly in the first person it just matter of factly I hadn't realised it was person. so obsessive in the first person in the film do they do we see other characters do we cut away from her I can't answer your question as in like do we jump to other characters that other se- char- scenes that she's question. not in I can't answer your question I haven't got um, that far enough I haven't got that far in the book yeah, I mean, that's why I, this is why I called you a monster for not having read it. I think because Rebecca, to me, is so, it's a book first. So every time I watch an adaptation of Rebecca, I am like, oh, you, I am seeing it from the book's perspective. I've only ever seen Hitchcock's version. Only? There's hundreds of Rebeccas. I haven't seen them. When I, I actually think maybe... There was a Rebecca that I saw before I read the book. When I was a child, there was an adaptation of Rebecca with... Oh, no, no. Anna, Anna Massey, Massey in Mrs. it. Mrs. Yeah. No, I remember. Because Anna was a friend of mine. I and remember, was Amelia um, Fox in it? No, but the woman who is married to Edward Fox, Joanna... Joanna somebody, Joanna Davies or something like that. Was in the one with Anna Massey? A very nervy woman. Mm. And I can't now remember who played De Winter. There was one, and then there was one with Amelia Fox in, 100%. There was a you, Rebecca you, adaptation with Amelia Fox so, in, so. which I remember really liking. No, 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 because Anna's one would be 30 or 40 years Exactly. Ago. So mm. I think when I was a kid, I watched the Anna Massey one. Yeah. Then I think I read the book and was like, this is the best book I've yeah. ever read. Yeah. And then I think I watched the Amelia Fox one, um, and recently there has been a... Terrible one. Dreadful, wasn't it? Because mm. you didn't watch it, did you? I, for some reason, I watched five minutes of it. Of it. Thought, it was really, it was really bad. Mm. Um, no shade to anyone involved. Um, no shame. No shade. Oh, I thought you were saying no shame. I thought it was shame. They should be ashamed. They should be ashamed of themselves. I would not as kind as you are. But no shade, as in like mm. you're all really great people. Mm. Um, anyway. Have I said enough? Can I go now? We're done talking about Hitchcock. He's a smart dude, is the summary. He is a smart dude. But don't try and emulate his him. Or we'll do try and emulate him. But I just think most people probably aren't as clever, so they wouldn't no, be able to do I it. I know that. Um, <laughs> um, all right, we're done for today. Can I go now? Yeah. Thanks very much for listening. If you liked it, please leave a review. 
All the encouragement we can get needed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.